And in 1966, he said, the stock market has predicted the last nine out of five recessions. All right. Welcome to the show. You're listening to The Essential Podcast. We've been walking through our proprietary process. It's The Essential Formula. The formula is an acronym, or there's one in there. It's F-O-R-M, Family, Occupation, Recreation, and Money. And we've spent the first three episodes talking about the first three, right? That is why financial independence matters. The M is just a means to an end. It's the money, and it's how. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today in context of recessions. And uh, it's kind of a hot topic right now. Everybody's wondering when the next one will occur. And we're going to dig in a little bit and give you some information, some perspective. Before we do, I want to say what's up to Matt. What's going on, man? Hey, Tommy. Yeah, this is, uh, it seems we're almost back to uh, apocalypse du jour here with when's it going to go down? When's it going to happen? It's been, what's the latest video I saw? It's been 12 years since there's been a huge correction or something like that. I don't even remember what the timeline was, but everyone wants to predict nobody's ever right. That's right. And, you know, just to kind of contrast this, in September, so about seven, eight months ago now, uh, we did a podcast on emotional investing and the markets were near all-time highs or at all-time highs. Volatility was extremely low and people thought nothing could go wrong. And here we are kind of on contrast with uh, the sky is falling or people are afraid that it's going to. So looking forward to unpacking this a little bit because all of these sensationalized headlines they're not designed to help you succeed in this area of your life. They're designed to keep you watching, to sell advertising, to get you to click that link. And that's what we're for, here for, to kind of help you tune out the noise. So I'm going to start with a quote here. This is from Paul Samuelson. And Matt, you know who he is because we talked about him a little bit this week. But in the 1960s, he was the first American to win the Nobel Prize in economics. So it's been around a while here. And in 1966, he said, the stock market has predicted the last nine out of five recessions. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) So needless to say, when you say, when is the next recession? And it's a frequent question that we hear. The uh, answer is, we don't know. So we'll start kind of answer these questions for you. The first one is going to be, what is a recession? They're complicated, they're misunderstood, they can be scary, so we're going to talk about what they are. Uh, What factors have contributed to previous recessions? Uh, What are some economic indicators to watch? And then uh, maybe talk a little bit about some takeaways here. Uh, Look at where we think the next recession may be. We'll see if we get into that. We're going to nerd out on you a little bit, but try to keep it in terms that you can understand. Because I'll say, you know, a lot of our clients come in and they want to we empower them and kind of liberate them to live their lives and they have confidence to know that we kind of have this area for them and keep them in the loop and manage it in light of what's essential to them. But we can get a little deep here and, and look at the schematics sometimes. So we'll do that for you today. And if you have more questions, let us know plenty of resources we can give here. So the first point, Tommy, on what a recession is, really simple terms, and I mean really simple, is the economy stops growing and it starts shrinking, but mm-hmm. there are, to go right to number two already, I'm going to kick it to you, but there are certain factors that are the pieces that do, in fact, start shrinking, right? 
Yeah, that's right. So the past recessions have occurred for all kinds of different reasons, but typically it's a result of these imbalances that build up in the economy and ultimately have to be corrected. So all these cycles are unique and there are common causes like rising interest rates, inflation, commodity prices, corporate profits, job reductions. But there are five key economic indicators that we look at and economists look at. And despite uh, Paul Samuelson's warning of uh, not being able to predict when a recession is coming, there are reliable signals that we can watch here when the economy cycles in this late stage that we're, we kind of feel like we're in. So I'll throw them out here for you, and then we could talk about all five. Uh, the first one is unemployment. Then you have corporate profits, housing starts, the yield curve inverting, and then the leading economic index. So we can dive into all of those, and, and it's you know there's no real formula to which one gets out of balance and how much and how it relates, but they all are very important and more kind of like a mile marker of how far we've been versus a distance sign that says we're this far from a destination or this far from a recession. So the first one, Tommy, is jobs. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the jobs report pretty strong? <laughs> it was. Um, and the, the reason this is important is unemployment is near a 50-year low. So companies tend to cut jobs when profits are declining. So corporate profits are up. You know, labor is their biggest expense, so that has to go down if profit goes down. And that causes unemployment to rise. And when unemployment rises, consumers stop spending money. And they save money until the job market improves or they're able to get back on uh, their feet back on the ground. And so that is just simply not happening with the number of jobs that are being added and unemployment being near its low, lowest point in 50 years. So one, and I believe it was number four, corporate profits are really kind of tied together uh, hand in hand there, which w- makes complete sense. Yeah. You know, with corporate profits, profit margins expand, companies can invest more money into their business or into the community, the economy, they hire more workers, they increase wages, and this benefits the business and the consumer. So it allows the expansion to extend via longer period, and profits are their percentage of GDP, and, and they'll usually peak mid-cycle, and the overall economy starts uh, decelerating long before the start of recession. And we're still seeing corporate profits kind of setting records. They're still at high levels from a historical perspective. And there's really some reason to think they may have peaked. But, you know, again, that would be possibly months until recession if history is a guide. Yeah, everyone's basically just guessing then. Yeah, so we're already way past the average lead time of 26 months between peak and recession because uh, – and so corporate profits are still at high levels from a historical perspective, but they may have peaked in 2012. Even if they did, we're still way past the average lead time of 26 months between the peak and the onset of a recession because we still see these these profits being positive and growing, and uh, we still see these job numbers just being strong. So two out of five of the indicators then technically – haven't or maybe have hit what are the other what are there three more and so the one that the economics nerds and us investment guys hear about talk about often is the inverted yield curve and it's one of the most accurate and widely cited recession signals it has actually predicted every recession over the past 50 years in the united states basically what's happening here is short-term rates are rising 
during these tightening cycles and long-term rates fall because the demand for treasury bonds is high. And so it's viewed as a bearish sign and we're seeing the yield curve go down and the spread tighten, you know, between these long-term rates and these short-term rates. So that is trending towards inversion. It, it just hasn't happened yet. It's at its flattest level, this economic cycle though. So to simplify before everybody falls asleep on the, uh, <laughs> the uh, financial jargon there, yeah. um, it's not there yet is what you're saying. That's right. Working That's right. that way, but not there yet. Mm-hmm. But what are the other two, Tommy? Yeah, so we've got housing starts and the leading economic index. So housing starts is, uh, all this is real in relationship to GDP, right? Gross domestic product. And housing is a significant piece of that. So it provides a glimpse into the broader health of the economy. So a robust housing market can fuel the economy, it pay, you know, provides property tax for government spending, it's construction jobs, it's home ownership, wealth, these you know, assets appreciate. So housing starts are a strong indicator because these projects could take several months and the home builders are reluctant to break ground on new projects if they think the economy is going to slump. So when housing starts are going up, that means there's a lot of confidence. So there has been a kind of a plateau of housing starts over the last year. Mm-hmm. It's a, maybe a little deceleration going on there. There are some other things at play there, though. Higher mortgage rates, maybe are a headwind. But we think the Federal Reserve is going to slow their pace of interest rate hikes for this year, and that may help as well. But the, the housing starts were not negative, but, but were flat and have been slowing down in recent months. And the last one, we won't spend a lot of time here, is the leading economic index and this is this blend of 10 factors, wages, unemployment claims, manufacturing orders, some of these things we've talked about, stock prices. And the takeaway here is that it is still rising. This index is still on the upward swing. Uh, had risen over 7% over last year, uh, September to September, which is the fastest growth in eight years. And even though it's slowed down, it's still moving in the right direction. So it's very consistent in signaling a recession, but it kind of swings and you're there. There's no space a lot of times between the decline of this and, and the start of a recession. But, but when it's going up, that's the right the right direction. So basically all the, uh, I'll call it fear mongering that you're seeing on people who need to get clicks to, you know, get the advertisers to buy in is mm-hmm. really from maybe a trend or somewhat of a trend from these certain indicators that there might be a recession. That's correct. And, you know, there's this general sentiment that what goes up must come down. And that is true, but it's just not that simple. You know, like we talked about at the beginning, uh, the market's predicted, you know, nine of the last five recessions or whatever. So the good news is recessions occur. They can be painful, but they're generally short-lived, which is kind of our third question here. How long do they last? And since 1950, there have been 10 cycles and the average recession has lasted about 11 months. You know, that this can impact people with the job loss or their business closes because they do cause problems. But generally, investors with a long-term uh, perspective are better off looking at this full picture, which is the average expansion is 67 months long. The average recession is 11 months long. The average growth is negative 1.8, you know, nearly 2% for a recession. The average growth for expansion is 24%. 
Uh, the S&P returns 3% in average recession. The average expansion returns 117%. So the short little blips, they feel bad. They, they make good news, and they, they can be problematic, but they're just part of this normal normal cycle, and they're really short-lived, especially in relationship to, to long-term investing. So, Tommy, tell me about the takeaways you mentioned uh, at the start, and then let's wrap it up. Yeah, so we've talked about all this. We'll just kind of summarize it for you. You know, recessions are natural and necessary. They're part of every business cycle. And again, a recession is when economic output contracts or declines after it's been expanding, after it's been growing. So obviously things can't just grow, grow, grow. They have to contract. And that's the way things work. Economically, the big takeaway here, recessions have been infrequent. We've been in an official recession less than 15% of all the months since 1950. So they're very infrequent and they're relatively short. So the current expansion has been longer than the last 10 recessions combined. So again, perspective for you. The average recession is a contraction of less than 2% in GDP and the average expansion grows the economy by about 24% on average. The inverted yield curve has predicted seven of the last seven recessions. And it's a consistent sign of showing the economy has reached a tipping point. So it's something to watch, but it's just one of the five uh, indicators that we're looking for. And, you know, no matter where we are, wh- whatever inning we're in, just maintain perspective, invest for objectives. You know, don't invest out of fear. Don't invest with emotion or out of greed. Uh, don't invest for uh, market performance. Invest to accomplish something. That's the big takeaway here. What are you trying to accomplish? What matters to you? And then what can we control? There's a lot of things outside of our control. And our process helps focus on what we can control. And and that's how we achieve defined outcomes and success with your objectives. So appreciate you letting us kind of get into the weeds a little bit with this. We have had a lot of people ask for us to talk about these kinds of things more. And we we try to make it as clear and understandable as possible. But uh, if there's more here that you'd like to dig in with us on, feel free to reach out. We're happy to talk about it. And we'll keep you posted. Sooner or later, we'll be having a podcast during the recession. And we'll be able to break it down and talk about it there. But hopefully this helps uh, kind of address some of the headlines, maybe some of the concerns that are out there. Put it all into perspective. Filter out the noise and help you keep focused on what's truly essential. So thanks for tuning in as always. Until next time, keep it simple. Thanks for sticking around after the music here. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the essential podcast. Just have a quick disclosure for you here. Securities are offered through SA Stone Wealth Management Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And advisory services are offered through SA Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.